Welcome to another episode of Thanks Divorce, where we discuss the lessons, the awakenings, and the gruesome beauty of going through a divorce. And I'm your host, Janine Bell. Hey there, and welcome back. In this episode, I'm talking to Evita Sawyers. She is a personal coach specializing in relationship dynamics and non-monogamy. She's a polyamory educator, speaker, and teacher. And she's a new friend of mine. Yay! I met her recently, and in conversation, she mentioned divorce, and I was like, hey, come on the podcast, please. And she said, sure. And so we had this conversation, and it is chock full of gems. If you find them, pick them up, keep them in your pocket, put them on your dresser. It's fantastic. We talk about, obviously, divorce. We talk about polyamory within marriage. We talk about divorcing during a pandemic. We talk about healing, all the things. And it was just a joy to speak to her and have so much candor and transparency and laughter and connection in this conversation. I hope you enjoy. All right. I am here today with Evita, La Vida Loca Sawyers. I would like to say that I, I have been following Evita for some time now. And I recently met her in person, and she's just as amazing as you would imagine her to be. Um, Thank you. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm super excited about this. Um, I uh, really appreciated meeting you as well. Um, uh, you know, I'm in this space now that having moved over here, of like trying to find community. Mm-hmm. So it's really nice when you meet someone and it's like, Oh, I think that person is one of my people. Like, you know, yeah. so, um, so, um, and I definitely felt that way about you. I remember we were outside laughing and I was just like, Oh, I like her. <laughs> um, so, uh, and then you asked her to be on the show and I was really excited about that too. Um, especially as so much, uh, has come forward for me um, in dealing with, you know, my divorce and dealing with separating from my partner and like learning so much about myself in this transitory time. So getting an opportunity to talk about it and talk about it from the vantage point of not seeing it as this like hard, horrible thing. I mean, obviously it is painful mm-hmm. um, at times, but uh, so many times when you tell people that you're going through a divorce or you're separating, the initial response is like, oh no, that's mm-hmm. so horrible, you know? And, um, and I mean, that's valid, you know, but also like, I'd like to be able to make room for other experiences of it and other thought around it. And Mm -hmm. so I really like what you're doing here about giving people a platform to just talk about, you know, the ways in which they might feel grateful, you know, that their, um, you know, marriage has ended, or it might have been a catalyst for these like amazing changes in their lives, because that is also present as well. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Thank you for that reflection. And, um, I just want to say this. Uh, I know I said it before we started recording, but you you did it again. Honestly, this is the thing that <laughs> I said that I think that you speak very clearly and concisely, and um, and like the, the mental clarity of it all. And I just want to see where the conversation goes. I mean, um, I I just caught you at a time where you were going through something similar, and um, I'm I'm excited about this conversation as well. So. I, uh, up top, I usually ask the guests to tell us your divorce profile. Tell me what, you know, you're, you are divorcing, as you just said. Um, you know, how long were you married? Were there any children? Um, you know, just whatever you want to like, give us a snapshot of where you are um, and where you're coming from. And you also mentioned that you moved too. So, yes. Yeah. So, um, 
my husband and I got married in 2004. Um, I was 21. He was 22. Mm -hmm. uh, we met at this incredibly conservative Christian church that we went to. It was a borderline cult. I tell people that all the time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a borderline cult. Um, and uh, we got married under the pretense of one man, one woman. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the husband is the head of the household. The woman is to submit. Um, I was an at-home mom mm -hmm. for uh, the brunt of our marriage. He was a primary breadwinner. Um, we have three children. I have two boys uh, that are twins. Um, and then I have a daughter who is, uh, she'll be 12 in December. Um, I like kind of left, I did the whole, like, you know, you, you, uh, leave your family and cleave, you know, to your husband. Mm -hmm. Like that was very much me, you know, mm -hmm. um, because, uh, I'm originally from, uh, New Jersey. I joined the military, which brought me out to California and that's where I met my husband. Um, and then we got married, had kids and, you know, I stayed out there. Um, and so my entire life was pretty much kind of wrapped up in, you know, being married, being a mom, um, you know, supporting him in ministry and work and all of those things. Um, and we had a good marriage. So um, we got along well. It wasn't uh, volatile, um, but we were extremely different, uh, like polar opposites of one another, even to the point where we had a joke in our, our marriage where say we went out to eat and uh, we ordered an appetizer or something and I took a bite and he took a bite and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And he would be like, oh gosh, this is gross. I really don't like it. Mm. And I'd be like, that's because I liked it. Like that was kind of like the <laughs> joke that we had in our marriage because of just how different we were. Mm. I'm very much an extrovert. He is extremely an introvert. I'm very loud. He's very quiet. I like attention. He <laughs> likes to like fade into the background. Mm. I'm super emotional. Um, he is very emotionally not online um and so we had a lot of these uh uh very very distinct uh differences um but you know we got married we loved one another um we enjoyed one another as people and then you know you have the kids and stuff and then you just do what everybody does you know you figure it out um and then um in 2012 my son got diagnosed with uh brain cancer um, and, uh, and by that time we had left that really conservative church that we were going to, like we are, you know, philosophies around that began to change and shift. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and then my son got diagnosed with cancer. Um, and we were going through a really rough time as a family. And so we decided to begin our non-monogamous journey, which is, uh, we started with, uh, like swinging, you know, which is recreational sex. Mm -hmm mostly to kind of get away from you know how rough and serious our life was um and just have some fun yeah um and then through the gateway of swinging because swinging is a huge gateway for uh other forms of you know non-monogamy i think it's like the first thing that people kind of think of you yeah. know when they think yeah. about doing that it's like oh, okay well we can do this mm -hmm. so it's a huge gateway and so through the gateway of swinging we were introduced to the concept of uh polyamory mm -hmm. which really resonated for my um husband uh, because he struggled with having casual sex. It just wasn't his thing. Whereas mm -hmm. for me, it very much was. Mm -hmm. um, and so through that, we began being open to having other partnerships. Um, and so for the last, probably, I'm going to say eight, nine years of our marriage, uh, we were non-monogamous. Um, and so we had multiple partners. 
um, uh, our first relationship was a partner that we both had together. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, after that, we just had, you know, different partners, um, cause I'm bisexual. Mm -hmm. So, um, he's heterosexual. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so we had the same partner for about two years. Um, and then after that, you know, we were just, once that relationship ended, we were just kind of open. Um, and, uh, while I would not blame non-monogamy for our relationship ending at all, mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people will look at that and say, well, obviously y'all would have never done that. You know, your marriage might still be together. Mm -hmm. But I, I always respond to that with people. I'm like, I don't know if there's some alternate reality where we didn't do non-monogamy and we broke up five years sooner. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, so there's just no way to know that. Yeah. Um, and so I would never blame non-monogamy for ending our relationship. I don't think it did. What I think it did is it highlighted for both of us that what we both fundamentally needed to feel valued or to, to, or we both fundamentally valued about uh, being in relationship with a person in that way. Mm -hmm. um, like what our core uh, and central sort of needs were relationally to feel fulfilled, the other person just did not possess, you know, mm -hmm. no matter how hard mm -hmm. they tried, you mm -hmm. know, and mm -hmm. we tried, you know, <laughs> we really did. And so being in relationships with other people and them showing up in ways that you're like, man, like, I really needed that, you know? Yeah. Um, and then looking at this other person that you loved and you appreciated and you valued, but, like, you're also identifying that, you know, this person, you know, does not give this thing to me. And they can't mm -hmm. um, because they don't have it. Right. Um, or they don't want to, you know what I mean? Which is also valid. I think sometimes mm -hmm. that we don't, we don't validate people not wanting to show up in a way to a person. And that's just as valid as not being able to, you yeah. know? Um, and so like giving people what you authentically want to do in relationship and who you being the kind of partner you authentically want to be. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, so we tried for a really long time. Non-monogamy was very, um, challenging for us. Not that it was like horrible, but it was just challenging. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason why is because I think neither of us had what the other one needed to feel secure in relationship with the person. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it made going through uh, non-monogamy with the other person really, 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 really hard. And we would say to each other, we would go, you know, if we met each other at this time, you know, if we didn't have this history of being together yeah. um, and tried to attempt non-monogamy, like neither one of us would pick the other person. Like we'd be like, oh no, like, you know, mm -hmm. like we would say that to each other all the time. Like we would acknowledge <laughs> that. Like I'd be like, there's no way that if I met you now, yes. you know, and try to do non-monogamy that I would actually show up to doing that. Like, absolutely not. Like I'd mm -hmm. be like, no, like, mm -hmm. you know, so, um, but you know, we're married, we have kids. Yeah. Um, and like I said, we genuinely love one another. We did. And we didn't. We had a good marriage. Um, and that has actually been very jarring for me or this like really jarring realization of like, you know, accepting or acknowledging that we had a good marriage. It wasn't toxic. Mm -hmm. You know, we loved one another. We cared for one another. We tried our best. We were decent people to the other person. And also that marriage seriously harmed me in a lot of ways that I'm like still discovering. Mm -hmm. And so it's, 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 it's interesting holding both of those things. But um, in January of 2020, uh, before the world shut down and, you know, we went through the panini, um, <laughs> but, you know, the panorama, before the panorama hit, um, uh, we had a conversation around the necessity to do something different mm -hmm. in our relationship, um, because we had gotten very skilled at navigating conflict when it happened mm -hmm. and avoiding conflict okay 
but we didn't look at why the conflict was happening in the first place. Okay. So when conflict would happen, we had gotten more skilled at navigating the conflict and we had gotten more skilled at creating space between conflicts. So it wasn't like we were fighting all the time and it wasn't like when we were fighting, it was very volatile. Mm -hmm. We had done some, you know, initially it was like, initially we had some like, you know, some really, really, really like very, very scary, just knock down, drag out, like not good things happen mm-hmm. in the beginning of our non-monogamous journey. A lot of it was me, you know, so I'm making it real, you know. <laughs> um, a lot of it was me, you know, and my, my emotional volatility, which I can completely own. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it was his avoidance, you know, and his, you know, um, uh, not really having good boundaries, being very conflict avoidant. Um, you know, so some of it was his stuff too, mm-hmm. but a lot of it was, you know, my emotional volatility. Um, but you know, I'd done a lot of work to not show up in that way. Mm-hmm. And so we had gotten really skilled at like, like I said, navigating conflict when it happened and then creating space between when the conflict was happened, but mm-hmm. we weren't taking a look at why the conflicts were happening in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and that speaking to a larger, you know, issue yeah. that is probably, we probably, you know, uh, um, like outstrip like the statute of limitations on our relationship with one another, you know, mm. we weren't really looking at that. Mm-hmm. So um, in January, we kind of had this conversation around needing to change our marriage, you know, and maybe we were talking about, well, maybe we need to live in separate places, mm-hmm. you know, um, like we need to do something different. Mm-hmm. Which I now that I look back in hindsight, I think that was, like I said, he's a passive, he was a passive communicator. Mm. And so I think that that was him sort of soft breaking up with me yeah. and not really being willing to be like, you know, I just don't want to be with you. You know, I just don't want to be with you in this way anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was the conversation. And then the pandemic hit. Yeah. So now we're stuck in the house together, you right. know? Okay. Um, and so there is no, like working towards what this looks like for us, you know, because literally nobody can go anywhere. Um, and in my mind, I was just like, okay, like, you know, we're, we're figuring this out. We're working through it, but things are good. You know, they're fine. You know, Mm -hmm. I did start to feel like, and I actually had this, this conversation with him. I was like, I don't really feel like I have a romantic partner. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have a roommate that I co-parent with and I occasionally sleep with. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not a romantic partner. This relationship doesn't feel romantic. That's not what it's feeling. And at the time, we both had other partners. So he had another partner. I had another partner. It was a new relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and that relationship was so stark to what I experienced um, in my relationship with my husband. Um, and I mean, obviously, you know, you're dealing with new relationship energy. Like I said, he and I started dating like maybe in November, you know, and the pandemic hit in March. Yeah. So obviously we were in the throes of that newness and all this mm-hmm. person's so shiny and great. <laughs> um, but it still felt very different from what I was experiencing, um, with my uh, husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in September, actually the, like the end of August, like the last day of August, um, he had gone to visit one of his partners. He had come back. He had communicated poorly with me around going to see that person, but it wasn't like the end of the world. Yeah. Um, and then he came back and we had a conversation about him going to see someone else who he was connected to in the past. It was an ex of his um, that he initially told me he wasn't interested in um, rekindling their uh, relationship. And then like did this complete 180 where he was like, oh, I'm going to spend a weekend with her. Okay. Um, which was very jarring for me mm. uh, because I, I didn't really like this person. I didn't like him being in relationship with her. Not that I restricted it in any way because I didn't. Mm-hmm. 
And so I was kind of like, look, like I was like, you know, you communicate with me really badly about these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I can't take it anymore. Like, I need you to change. And he was just like, I don't want to be with you anymore. And I was just like, wait, what? Oh. <laughs> wait a minute, what? Like, I was just like, I was like, do you just not want to be with me? And I kept like trying to get it out of him. Like, yeah. I was like, bruh. And so it was funny because there was this moment of where I was really like hurt and also like, thank you. <laughs> and like, I just needed you to say it. Like, Jesus. <laughs> I was just like, goodness. <laughs> I just wanted you to say it finally. And, um, and, um, but obviously in the moment I was just like, what? Yeah. You know, and so. Um, and it was so funny because he said that to me and I could tell that he hadn't really thought it out and I'm kind of pushy, you know, I am kind of pushy. Mm. Um, and so I think that he was trying to figure out, I kind of, I'm like, I, I struggle with this or I'm on the fence or I'm ambivalent about how I feel about this because like on the one hand, I'm glad that I did what I did and was like kind of prodding about it because I don't know that he ever would have worked up the courage to mm-hmm. actually really do it. Yeah. Um, and also I do kind of feel like he was trying to figure out his own timing and how to do that. Mm. And I sort of forced his hand. Mm. Um, and so, you know, when it happened, I don't think he really had a fully formed plan of like what that looked like, because like I said, I kind of forced his hand. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also don't necessarily regret that because being in a relationship with someone where you're knowing, like, like you have this thing of going, this person is telling me they want to be with me. This person is saying they're still here, mm. but I know they're not here. Yeah. I can feel it, you know? Mm-hmm. I can feel, I can see, like, you know I mean? They're not here, but they keep telling me that they're here. And so yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm like, we're, they're saying that we're doing this thing and I'm still doing this thing, uh-huh. but I don't really feel like this other person is doing this thing, you know yeah. what I mean, with me. Yeah. And that was a space that I existed in, I feel like, for years mm. um, in my relationship with him. Um, and how painful that was. And yeah. I actually said that to him. Like, I was like, don't do that to people. Like, I was like, it hurts. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, it's really, really painful just kind of dangling this person on for this really long time because, you know, you you don't, you don't have the courage to, to, to own, you know, that you just don't want to, you know, you don't want to be in the thing anymore. And I mean, granted, like, I have some grades. We were married for, you know, at that point, 16 years. Mm-hmm. You know, we had three kids. <laughs> that ain't something you just walk away from very easily, you yeah. know? So I, yeah. I, I do have compassion for that. Um, but also it was very damaging, you know, having this person sort of like, you know, really having this very one foot in a really both foot feet out, mm. but they're like, no, I'm coming in, but you right. know, like, well, I'm standing inside. You know, they, like, like, thing where it's just like, I'm like, you're on the porch. And they're like, no, 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 no. Like, you know what I mean? I'm in the door. Like, you know, I'm standing. I'm like, no, like you're on the porch. I see you. Like, you know, <laughs> I mean, the door might be open, but right. you're on the porch. Like, you know, <laughs> They're just like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm not in the living room. You don't see me standing there. <laughs> right. Like, you know. Um, uh, and just like the the kind of like, you know, the 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 uh frenetic, you yes, know, kind yes. of uh energy that that creates in your mind and the anxious, the anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, that that creates. So uh so that was kind of how uh he broke up with me. So like I said, at that point we'd been married for about 16 years. Yeah. Um, and then it was like, okay, what do we do? We're in the middle of a pandemic. Both of us were unemployed at the time. Mm. Um, so neither of us were working. Um, and so we're like, what do we do? Like, you know, how do we deal with this? And so like, it was funny cause he said this to me and we were talking about it and 
I literally stormed out the room because I'm petty. Um, and I was in my feelings and I like went in my kid's room and I was like, so your father just broke up with me. Oh my gosh. I did. <laughs> I did. I did. I really did. I was like, so that's the thing that's happening. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Wait, and they're like, they're like, how, how old are they? They're in the teens? At, yeah, they're teens okay. at this point. Yeah, so they're teens. Um, <laughs> and they were just like, and I'm pretty sure that he didn't appreciate that. And honestly, like, there's a part of me that judges myself for it, and then there's a part of me that doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason why I don't is because um, I felt like he played with me mm. a lot. And I was like, you're not going to do this. Like, you know what I mean? We're not going to do this weird. Like, I was like, no. I was like, you know, like, I was kind of like, you know, like, like you're going to put your finger on this. Mm -hmm. You know, it was kind of like a, it was like a, it was like a stake in the ground for me for this. Mm -hmm. Like, that was the, the moment of like, no, like, we're not going to do this thing where like you, you kind of waffle in and out of like whether yeah. or not you want to be with me. No, like I was like, nope, 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 we're not doing this. I was like, we're telling these kids what's going on. Like I was mm -hmm. like, uh-uh. Like I was like, you're gonna do this, say it with your chest. Yeah. You don't want to be with me no more. Right. So I like literally stormed right in the kids' room and I was like, so your dad just woke up with me. That's a thing. <laughs> um, and he was probably just like, God damn it, mm. you know. But I was like, no, no, yeah. uh-uh, we doing this. <laughs> That'll be what we doing, you know. And um, and so yeah, and so <laughs> then the next few months were like how do we exist in the house with one another peaceably which yeah. was hard mm -hmm. um and just painstaking how do we show up for the fact that these you know we have other relationships with other people yeah and and while we're you know ending hours mm -hmm. you know and i'm having to deal with sort of this knowledge of him still choosing other people in a way that he has ceased to choose me and um and how do we navigate that and deal with that and then once we broke up he was very cut off like he just wow the 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 emotional care for me mm -hmm. was gone mm -hmm. it was just gone mm -hmm. he still showed up to you know you know uh you know taking care of me financially all of those things but like he just completely closed off yeah um and just shut down um and that was very 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 hard for me because like, I feel like, I felt like I, I had all these people in this house, you know, my kids, mm -hmm. you know, my husband, we're all going through this and we are all going to be deeply impacted, you yeah. know, by this thing. And I can connect to nobody on it. No one will connect to me on it. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't process it through it with me. And granted, some of that came from his trauma around my emotions, which I can completely own. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I did show up in a lot of ways that... Um, while I wasn't intending on being abusive to him, they were abusive. You know what I mean? I come from a pattern of abuse. Mm -hmm. um, and so mm -hmm. while the intent wasn't to be abusive and um, and I did a lot of work to change the behavior. So I wasn't behaving in those ways towards the end of our marriage. Mm -hmm. But I think they just created so much trauma yeah. for him that like even if he could conceptualize that I was a changed person, he still mm -hmm. would get caught in this trauma loop of like who I was. Mm -hmm. um, and so it made it really, really difficult for him to relate to me. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's why he just couldn't deal with, you know, uh, like process through the emotions around it with me. Um, and then some of that is his own conflict avoidance and, you know, him being an avoidant person in general. Um, and, um, and I think he also kind of felt a little free. You know, mm -hmm. I think it was where he like he like I could tell I told him I said you're happy about mm -hmm. this, which that was actually the hardest. Mm -hmm. I could tell he was so relieved, wow. um, and uh, that was really really hard to witness mm -hmm. because I was devastated. 
I was yeah, devastated yeah. and he was relieved. Um, and uh, that was really hard to, to be so close to. I think I could have dealt with it if we could have easily, you know, gotten space from one yeah, another. Yeah. I mean, he could have whatever, you know, uh, emotional, you know, uh, uh, experience with it that he was having and I could have mine. Mm -hmm. But for us to be in the same house together and me to be so devastated by this thing that he was relieved by yeah. um, was really, really, really hard to deal with. Um, and so, uh, and so I made an attempt to, uh, I was going, I was trying to figure out what to do. Like I said, I didn't have a job, you know, he's the one that supported me. So we're now we're trying to figure out how to do that and co-parent. Mm -hmm. And then I did this thing where I was like, well, now we gotta be friends, you know, because it's like, okay, well, we have these kids and we co-parent. Mm -hmm. And then I have this very like high profile sort of like, identity in my community, non-monogamy, because by that time, um, my uh, non-monogamy, uh, like, uh, like kind of career mm -hmm. uh, had started to really take off. Okay. Uh, before the pandemic, I think I had maybe like, you know, a thousand followers, you know, maybe 1600 at the most. And it was just mostly people that I knew, mm -hmm. a couple of people here and there. Um, and then by the end of the pandemic, um, or well, I mean, we're really not in the end of it, but you know, by the end of the year, I was probably like close to 20,000. So mm -hmm. it like grew like exponentially. And so I started to develop this kind of name for myself. And so now I'm having to go through this, what was a very public, mm -hmm. you know, sort of breakup of my marriage. Um, and so now I'm like, okay, well, we got to figure out how to be friends. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I started really pushing that, you know, like, okay, okay, okay. Well, now we're not doing this. Well, let's figure out what, what our new friendship was like. Yeah. Um, and he wasn't really super interested in that either. And I think it kind of created the opposite, which is I ended up just kind of barreling over him and sort of pushing him away. Um, and, um, and then I kind of realized too, that that really wasn't coming from a sincere place hmm. of really wanting to be his friend. Yeah. Um, it was coming from a place of, uh, number one, wanting to kind of prove to these people that are watching. Mm -hmm that, you know, that I'm mature and that we can do this thing. Cause especially in the non-monogamous community, there's this huge like push to remain friends with exes and to, you know, prove that you can do that and, yeah. and, you know, transition relationships as opposed to like ending them. Yeah. And, and plus the community is so small that, you know, you do have to kind of, you know, develop an ability to be on good terms with your ex because you're probably going to interact with them in the community. Yeah. Um, so there was that piece. And then it was this piece of like needing his desire to be a friend to me, to validate for me that he still thought I was a good person. Yes, I know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I know that one for sure. Um, right. It's like I needed that validation from him of him still wanting to be a friend of mine to say like, you know, you weren't a monster. You weren't a horrible person. Yeah. You were a good person. This just didn't work for us anymore. It was like I, I needed that. It's like his his not wanting to be my friend like made me feel like he just thought I was a horrible person. And it's like I need you to I need you to validate for me that you don't think that I'm a horrible person. Yeah. You know by doing this. Um. And so that kind of pushed us away. And so I, I moved in with a friend for a little bit. She offered up a place, and she was like, Hey, like you know, you can come and stay with me during the week. Um. But that only lasted for like a month, and then it fell through. And so now I'm back in the house with him, and I was just devastated by that because I had gotten so much peace mm -hmm. and so much clarity, mm -hmm. just literally just being out of the house, yeah, you know, with yeah. him. So much clarity, and then being back in the house with him was just awful for both of us because he was terribly uncomfortable too. Mm -hmm. There was so much tension. Mm -hmm. Like he didn't know whether he was coming or going with me. I'm sure he felt his own measure of guilt and sadness and all of those things. Yeah. 
um, uh, because he very much had this like identity for himself as like a family man, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so he felt like he was a family man that like busted up his family. And then I, I was just not a joy to be around, you know, mm -hmm. like I, I literally, um, had these moments where, um, I was like, I really got to get out of the house with this man because I would have moments where, and it was so strange. Cause I was like, I wasn't, he wasn't wrong for breaking up with me. Mm -hmm. And I came to acceptance about his breaking up very quickly. So mm -hmm. I fell out of love with him really quickly. I stopped desiring him very quickly. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I have moments now where I'm like, Oh my God, thank God I'm not with that man anymore. Like it's, it feels like I, I, I don't desire to be with him, yeah. but I was still so angry about how he was showing up to me in the breakup. Yeah how he went about doing it that i would have moments where like i would see him in the house and the word harm would just repeat mm. in my brain mm. like 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 a, like a siren yeah. like literally like i'd see him and my brain would be going harm 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 like on the, like 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 and i was just like like and i mean obviously i didn't do anything yeah, yeah. i had like one like incident where i like kicked some shoes around of his but like <laughs> like i didn't like like i would have these moments where i'd be like like, it was like, like, literally, it was like, fuck him up, sis. Like, you know, like, constant, like, going through my brain. Yeah. And I understand, I know that that's not healthy. Yeah. You know, and I was like, we really got to get out of the house with one another because mm -hmm. this is just, it's, it's too uh, challenging uh, for us to kind of be around one another. We need space to heal. Yeah. We need yeah. space to heal. Um, and uh, so my mom was, um, uh, caring for my elderly aunt, mm -hmm. um, and that was taking a lot. And I mean, I'd come home right when we broke up. I had come back home to New Jersey for a month just to uh, get some space, you know. So yeah. I left for a month, came back home, and then I was like, you know, maybe I should move back in with my mother, um, and sort of, you know, like re, you know, regroup and mm -hmm. reorient myself. Um, because I, number one, um, I needed to get out from him supporting me. He still very much supported me. Mm -hmm. And so there was a power dynamic in our relationship. And so, I, and I told him that, like, I was like, I think sometimes, you know, you felt a lot se more secure in our relationship because you didn't, you know, rely on me for your literal survival in yeah. the way that I did. Yeah. So yes, it was easy for you to feel secure and to feel comfortable, you know, if I was going off with someone else or whatever, because, you know, if I left, it would be sad for you, but you still would have your basic needs met. Whereas mm -hmm. like, that was not the case for me. So there was a power dynamic in our relationship that I yeah. feel like sometimes we didn't really acknowledge. Um, and so being under his care and support was really hard for me because it made me have to sort of accept some of the ways that he was showing up to me that really didn't work for me. And mm -hmm. I didn't think were like appropriate or right. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, this person is paying for me. Um, and so I decided that it was probably in my best interest to move in with my mom. Mm -hmm. um, I, he always was going to have the kids, like literally, uh, like right after it happened, I told him, like, I was like, you're getting the kids. Mm. I said, um, I don't subscribe to the narrative that because uh, I am the woman mm -hmm. and we broke up, mm -hmm. that I get to have the children. Mm -hmm. I said, you, uh, I did not sign up to be a single parent mm -hmm. and I'm not going to do it. Okay. <laughs> I was like, you get the children. Mm -hmm. um it wasn't a discussion it was an edict it was a declaration mm -hmm. of uh uh my desires i was just like i'm not doing this yeah um and he was like okay um and um and then two um his my kids have always grown up in new jersey they've always known his family um and so it seemed like the better option for their success and their happiness um, to have them be with their dad as opposed to being with um, me and my mom and my family. We said um, they, they grew up in New so, Jersey or California? 
they grew up in California. Okay, okay, go ahead. Yeah, so they lived their whole lives in California. Yes, yes. All of they know, all they they've known is my husband's family. Mm-hmm. Um, their cousins are all their age. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and so it just seemed like you know they would be happier mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if they stayed with their dad as opposed to coming with me. Right. They live in a much nicer area. Um, and so, uh, and so, you know, so I don't feel bad about that choice, although I do have some like mom guilt, you know, because usually, you know, if the mom doesn't get the kids, most people are like, so what's wrong with you? Right. You right. Know? <laughs> they see it as like, there was something wrong with you or you must've been a bad mother. And so, and you feel that you feel some of that guilt around like, well, maybe I'm a bad mom cause I don't have my children. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like trying to remember that, you know, you got to put your gas mask on first before you help someone else with theirs. Yeah. I'm gonna keep that in mind. Um, but yeah. And so, um, in May, um, well, in April, I made the decision to move to New Jersey. And then uh, by June, I had moved across the country mm-hmm. um, and moved in with my mom. And so now we're in the space of trying to like figure out what our co-parent relationship looks like, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to show up to caring for the children. like, And I, and I was very committed to that. I was very yeah. committed to like not making that. I didn't want my children to see mom and dad hating each other being vicious with one another mm-hmm. like I wanted them to still see mom and dad kind of showing up to caring for one another and like creating a picture of them that relationships can end um but it doesn't have to be nasty it doesn't have to be hostile yeah it doesn't have to create this fear of love mm. in you mm-hmm. um because of how you know tragically they end you yeah. know I didn't want to do that uh, with my children um and so I was very cognizant of how do I go through this in a way that is um and I credit my friend for saying this to me and giving me the language for this how do I go through this in a way that is a a that is in alignment with who I ultimately want to be mm-hmm. and is not a product of the pain that I'm experiencing about this Ooh, future yeah. versus past or present yes mm-hmm. that's a word right yeah, so like, how do I go through this in a way that 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 helps me maintain my integrity yes. as a human being? Yes. Yeah, and isn't just me kind of running off with my pain and having this love affair, you know, with my pain, and uh-huh. you know, we're gonna spray up the walls, yeah. and you know, <laughs> because pain was here, you yeah. know, <laughs> and break all the windows and smash all the furniture, you know, because the collateral damage mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that that you incur when you do that, that that interest, you rack up interest when you do that because mm. you, you abandon yourself. Yes. You know, when you run off with your pain, you abandon yourself and you run off with your pain. And when you come back to oh. yourself, you still got to deal with yes. what happened. Yes. And then you got to deal with all the crap that you did. The mess you made. You know, because you and your pain kind of ran off and, uh-huh. and had this sort of like kind of Thelma and Louise, like, you know, kind of, you know, love affair mm-hmm. with one another. Um, and so I was really, really mindful and intentional about keeping that, you know, at the forefront of my mind as I was going through this, you know, what do I want to be able to look back on this time and say about myself, um, and how I showed up to myself, how I showed up Mm -hmm, to him, how mm -hmm. I showed up to my children, um, uh, in this process. Um, so I got this book called Conscious Uncoupling by Catherine Woodward Thomas. Um, I saw like this, uh, you know, she did like a free, like kind of, you know, masterclass on it. And uh, I bought it initially before we even broke up mm-hmm. um, just because I was like, this is a good thing for me to have in my practice. Cause I'm helping people with, you know, romantic relationships and stuff, which also would mean breakups. And so I, and I was never a friends with exes kind of person. Yeah. Um, I'm very much like a, I tell people I'd be on my bird man with my exes. Is we finished or is we done? <laughs> <laughs> Put some respect on my name, you know? 
one name out your mouth, you know? <laughs> so I was never that kind of person. Um, and so when I saw the the book, I was like, yeah, you might want to get this. So I was like, because you might want to be able to, like, you know, mm-hmm. help people, you know, that, that you know, through this. So not everybody is just like, if I see you and I'll speak, you know, that means I don't fuck with you. Like, you know, that's the tip I be on, you know? So, um, and so I bought that book, not knowing, mm. you know, that I would actually be reading it for myself. Yeah. Um, and so, um, and so it was very poignant to me that I just happened to have it because like, as soon as this happened, I was like, let me pick this up. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 what it did was it produced in, in me this like kind of meditative, you know, thought around, and, and that really was the theme of the book. Like, how do you want to show up? How mm. do you want to show up? Mm. Who do you want to be? What do you want to do? Who do you want to be for yourself? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, that it said that it, it was really stuck out to me was like how we end one relationship. Um, at the beginning, it was said that the beginning of your, your, um, your next relationship mm-hmm. exists in the end of your last one, you know? Oh. So, you know, how you get through and heal through your your previous relationship is going to greatly impact mm-hmm. you know how you show up in new relationships and if you want to be able to be open to love that is healthy and healing mm-hmm. and, and fulfilling and nourishing you know you really you, you have to kind of go you have to heal you know you yeah. have to go through this in a healed way um because if, if you get through this in this kind of like injured jaded mm-hmm. uh way um that's going to you know taint your image of love moving forward yeah um and you're just going to kind of repeat the cycle over and over again you mm-hmm. know or repeat it in a different way because you're going to be so like I, I you know i'm going to make sure that i avoid this at all costs that mm-hmm. you almost kind of run you know completely in the opposite direction yeah. um and so yeah and so um so now i'm out here i'm in new jersey i'm trying to figure out what you know new Vita looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize how much of my identity I had mm-hmm. in um, in uh, being married and yeah. in my marriage. I didn't realize that, uh, like I literally would celebrate. I had this moment where I, I realized that I celebrated my anniversary more than I celebrated my own birthday. And so I was like, I was willing to celebrate my place in a relationship with a person mm-hmm. more than I was even willing to celebrate myself. Oof. Yeah. Oof. And I was like, man, like, I was like, you know, um, I realized that being happy and being fulfilled in a relationship are two completely different things, you know, Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. totally different things. Um, And I also realized that my husband held a standard of happiness for me that I didn't even hold for myself. Oof. Yeah, because he was like, I don't have, but one of the things that he said, he was like, I've always struggled to meet your needs. He said, you have a lot of emotional needs. I've always struggled to meet them. He said, and I believe that there is a future where you are going to be in relationships that make you deeply happy and that show up for you in this way that I never could. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, <clears throat> it was really, really, um, illuminating for me. Yeah. It was very illuminating for me. So, yeah. And so now here we are in New yeah. Jersey <laughs> and, uh, trying to figure out what new Vita looks like, right? you know, um, what I, what new, what I want from relationships now, yes. you know, um, in light of that new awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been quite the journey. <laughs> I can, I mean, I, I, I hear you and thank you so much for so much as you have shared. I'm over here taking notes like, uh-huh. And she said that. And then this, and it's almost like you answer questions that I would have naturally, like in a conversation, just like, all right, so what, tell me about this part. And you just like go into the thing too. So um back to that like clarity of thought and how it just like comes out so natural it's like you're channeling the way that it comes out 
um, with such clarity of thought. And I really appreciate it. You've touched on so, 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 so much. And the way that <clears throat> it's, the way that like illuminating the story of like how it happened, how it went down, how you responded, how you take accountability, how you can see more sides of just like, just beyond your own pain. Um, having the awareness of not being like self-destructive or um, hurting other people in the process um, and even taking accountability for when you have like it's no one's perfect um, I, I really appreciate this I didn't know any of this honestly <laughs> um, and I, I've learned so so much and and I, I hope the people who are listening have got something from it as well and I was gonna ask you um, which I think you started to talk about towards like just now like what is divorce teaching you because now you have the space now you're in a different space and you know it's different you know living with your mom like it's a just a different ball game another journey in and of itself um as an adult living with a parent but well and specifically to the step the, the space that you've that space that you have now spaces in like physical space any emotional space from uh the relationship like what what is divorce teaching you either about yourself or about life um you spoke on identity i believe and um like what else what else is coming up for you in this time um it's teaching me that uh my relationship needs aren't wrong um i just am probably asking the wrong people for them you know mm -hmm. um it's teaching me to examine my attractions you know, why am I attracted to a thing about a person? Like, I think one of the things that drew me to my husband and also my husband to me is um, that his lack of emotionality was a draw for me uh, mm -hmm. because my emotionality is something that I judge within myself, you know, okay. as a flaw. Um, and so I was very attracted to that in him because I was almost kind of envious of the yeah. fact that he was that way, yeah. you know? So I wanted some of that for myself. And, you know, on the surface, that looks like, like I said, I'm into it. But mm -hmm. on a, in a deeper level, I'm like, but Vita, that does not have what you need. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you need someone that is very emotionally connected, you know, because you're very emotionally connected, you know, and you need someone that that, that can connect with you on an, an emotional way and in a deep emotional way. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not a judgment to who he is as a person. It doesn't mean that I'm better than him in any way. It's just a statement of difference, you know? Yeah. Um, it's also teaching me um, to not, to, to you know, to move away from seeing a relationship ending as a failure mm -hmm. um, instead of it just reaching its, like, limit of viability. Mm -hmm. um, because there's so much, uh, so much language around, you know, the relationship ended, you failed. You know, yeah. you failed, you failed, you failed, you failed, you failed. And that just does not feel compassionate. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't feel compassionate to him. It doesn't feel compassionate to me. It's also teaching me a lot about this like victim villain dichotomy that we have. Mm -hmm. So I have these moments where I like waffle through, you know, he was terrible. Then I was terrible, mm -hmm. you know? And so it's like this thing, you know, where you kind of going back and forth between, well, he was a devil and I was an angel and I was a devil and he was the angel yeah. and kind of understanding that it was like, no, like, you know what I mean? It wasn't anyone's fault. Mm -hmm. You know, at least in my case, you know, so, you know, I don't, I want to hold that other people may have different experiences of their relationships, but you know, for me, it, there wasn't no one's fault. Mm -hmm. We both did the best that we could. Mm -hmm. You know, I had moments where I excelled and moments where I didn't. And so did he, but like not needing to, um, you know, make him out to be a villain in mm -hmm. order to make 
peace with it yeah. and not needing to also make myself be a villain in order to learn the lessons that I need to learn. You know yeah, what I mean? So yeah. it's like in order for me to like have to in order for me to like, you know, see it in a critical lens, mm-hmm. you know, so that I can take from it what I need to take about ways in which I need to grow and evolve. I can do that without like beating myself up yeah. and berating myself up. Yeah. Um. And so that's something that I'm learning. I'm also learning, um, uh, like how to be in relationship with people, um, in ways that are like healthy. Mm-hmm. So like now that I'm identifying patterns, you know, that we engaged in, you know, that weren't healthy for us. Like I, I was telling, uh, someone, um, you know, after getting out of a relationship that's like really hard and challenging, was like very damaging to you, and then being in a relationship that's healthy and like trying to show up that into a relationship that's healthy, and like recognizing that the way you showed up in that other relationship was not healthy, but it was like all you knew, and so now you're in this mm. new relationship and you're like, I know that this ain't it, right, but right. I also have no idea how to do this other thing. Yes, like you know, yes. like I literally have no practice uh-huh. in how to do this other thing. And, you know, fortunately, the relationship that I have with my current partner now is it's extremely healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our communication is is good. You know, we navigate conflict very well. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and still, like, I have these moments where, like, we, I've literally had to say to him, you know, or, or I have to remind myself, he is not your husband. You know, mm-hmm. he is not, you know, he is not him. Even when, you know, sometimes he may be doing a thing or uh, showing up in a way that resembles you know, something I experienced in my marriage, I'm still dealing with another person. I'm still dealing with a different person. Cause yeah. I have these moments where he'll do this thing and I immediately become like, <gasps> you know, because I'm like, I'm 17 years of that. I'm not doing that anymore. You know, I'm not doing that again. You know, and he's just like, you Ooh. like, you know, that's not what's going on okay. here. Um, and I'm like, Oh, he's right. You know, mm-hmm. that's not what's happening. I also am learning that I no longer, and, and I didn't get this when my husband said this to me. Now I really understand it. And when he said this to me, he's had a couple of moments of saying things about our breakup that made me go, okay, all right, okay, I got it, I get it. Like, you know what I mean? All right, like, I don't like it, but, like, you know? (laughs) But one of the things he said is he no longer subscribes the belief that romantic relationships are hard or that Mm. they should be hard. Yeah, yeah. You have hard moments or you may have conflict or you may have challenges, but they shouldn't feel hard Mm -hmm. it didn't feel hard to be in a relationship with a person yeah yeah and our relationship was always hard Mm. because of those differences it was always hard Mm -hmm. and for me what i'm realizing is i no longer subscribe to the belief that conflict should be hostile Mm. Mm -hmm. we had a lot of conflict that was very hostile okay um and now i'm like i don't i don't want to do that no more Mm mm-hmm you know, if we can't experience conflict that is, you know, calm mm-hmm. and compassionate yeah. and gracious mm-hmm. and caring and loving and empathetic, it's still conflict. It's yes. still challenge. Yes. You yes. Know? But it has all these other elements and these other pieces to it. It's mm-hmm. not adversarial, you know? Yes. Our conflict, it was very adversarial. We always, and because we were so opposite, we always came to conflict from a space of being on two opposite sides of the table. So it was very much a, it was a gauntlet, you know, it was very much a showdown, showcase showdown, yeah, you know, yeah. when we got into conflict. And when I started being in my relationship with my current partner, uh, we would go through these relate, you know, we'd have different conflicts and we don't have many, but we do have them. And he was very, very, very good about stressing. I'm on your side. Yeah, I'm on the, I'm yes, the table with you. Yes. 
we're together in this. And initially, I was very, you know, resistant to mm-hmm. that. Like, I was like, no, you're not. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, like, that ain't what's going on, you know? Like, I was like, what you mean? You know, we fighting, we beat it right now, we scrapping. <laughs> like, clear up, you know? Right. Um, but then afterwards, I was like, I didn't realize how much, how important that was, mm-hmm. you know, how much I needed that. Yes. Yeah. Um, because, you know, in my relationship with my, my partner, um, or my, you know, my, my former uh, partner, my husband, um, it would take such a long time for us to get to space of tenderness and vulnerability with each other when we were in conflict. Like mm-hmm. nobody wanted to be the first one to lay the shield down, yes. you know? Yes. And I felt well, sometimes like I almost had to reach a point of hysteria, mm. you know, to get him to soften. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not a judgment on who he is. Because I get why he struggled to do that. Mm -hmm. Because me and my emotional space isn't always the most tender. Like sometimes it's tender and I'm leaning into being tender in my emotional space. and like, you know, figuring out what that's like. But before I used to tell people, if I'm emotional about something or I'm in a tender space, it's like approaching a honey badger in a trap. Okay, you got to be real, 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 real careful like how you approach that because you might get your hand bitten off, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of him, me being in my emotional space was very prickly. It was very like, you know, it was very sharp. Mm -hmm. And he would try to get close to that and he would get hurt. And so like him putting down his his armor, you know, it didn't come from a, a, some of it came from a lack of desire of wanting to do that. But some of it came from previous experience of being injured by me, you know, in an emotional space. So it would take him a really long time to put that armor down. And it was very, it was hard, you know, because I'm like, man, like, you know, why can't we, you know, why does it take us so long to return to tenderness? Mm -hmm. Whereas with my current partner, you know, you know, maintaining a a spirit of tenderness as we're going through these things with one another is very important to him. Um, And he really strives to be intentional about that. And it's like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Um, And it's, it's, it's created you know, uh, sort of framework for me of going, huh? You know, somebody, you know, you don't know you need a thing until somebody gives it to you, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of that space. So, you know, being in this space of, of divorce and looking back on that relationship and and wanting to go, you know, I want to um, honor the beauty of its memory mm-hmm. um, while also, like, take a, taking a critical lens to to, you know, what happened um, so that I am not replicating that um, in the future, both in the people that I choose and then also how I show up to my relationships. Right. Um, yeah. That's great. I love I love that he has the tool to say uh, we're on the same team because that is such a snap you in the focus because when you're in conflict with anyone, you feel like we're on two sides of the ring. Like we're, we, we don't agree on something. So like you said, square up. <laughs> but because the container or the ring is a relationship, you're actually on the same team. And in this moment, we disagree. That's it. Right. We just disagree. Right. <laughs> um, and it's and it's safe here. Like it's safe. You don't have. We don't have to take out any weapons. We don't have to like go below the belt. Like we're we're, we're still on the same team, even though in this moment it might not feel like it. Right. Yeah, and, and that has also been a theme for me as I'm moving through um, uh, navigating this this space within myself is is how do I create safety 
mm-hmm. you know, in my relationships? How do I create safety to be vulnerable? And how do I um, create safety so that people feel empowered to be vulnerable with me? Yes. Um, because that wasn't always the case, mm-hmm. you know, for me. I wasn't always safe in a lot of those uh, uh, ways. Um, and so like, like what, what, is, what is creating safety in a relationship? What does safety for me in a relationship look like? Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and what is being safe? Mm-hmm. in a relationship look like because I think sometimes we we do a lot of focus on well you know I need to feel safe I need to feel safe I need to feel safe but we often don't focus on well what am I doing to create safety for the other person yes yes um, um, the environment that safety, safety you know yeah yeah right um so how are you on time I'm just going to check in I'm good I'm okay. good okay um I do want to highlight some things that I that I've heard this entire time um the fact that you started out in a monogamous relationship and transitioned it and you know worked out the kinks and and had it for some years it wasn't like oh we tried it and now it's over like immediately like you tried it you did it in practice it happened and also within that or even before that like the recognition that we can't provide each other the things that each other needs like that's i feel like i'm saying it convoluted but you can't give me everything I need and vice versa and that's okay. And, and, um, and just having that realization and acceptance that that's the case where I think that in, in most monogamous relationships, that is either a sign of like, you should leave, um, or end it or, or cheat. Um, but you two had enough love for each other to come together and be like, Hey, let's try this other thing. Um, in a, in a very conscious way. And what else um, would I want to highlight? Let's see. Hold on. <laughs> the part about, like, I don't feel like I have a romantic partner. And I think, like, that's a... And you feel like you had a roommate that you, like, co-parented with and that like, you sometimes slept with. I think that that's a common experience um, when things are, quote-unquote, stale or if you're reaching the limit of viability, as you put it. Um, and it's like something needs to change. We don't know what that change is, but something needs to change. So there's a recognition, there's an awareness that's happening in your relationship that um, I think is beautiful. So you were, you were, uh, I wouldn't say consciously uncoupling the entire time, but just consciously in relationship the entire time um, and being able to say like, okay, this is not working. And maybe however long it takes to get there, there is a conversation about like, hey, this ain't working and something needs to shift. Uh, um, and what else i'm over here looking at my notes (laughs) uh also the recognition of if i met you now like mid 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 non-monogamy if i met you right now we wouldn't even be a thing (laughs) we just have the backstory and like the history (laughs) that's holding us together um that's a keen awareness that uh i don't know like i really appreciate hearing um how much awareness there is like self-awareness is like a superpower um i think that we all need to like strengthen and it's like the key to our freedom and and our best selves um and and the 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 dichotomy of experiences between both of you like one relieved one devastated and then living in the same household i can only imagine how hard that is or was for everyone involved like the right. children For walking around. Too. Like, you know, um, I, I really try to be very cognizant about not getting caught up in my own story and my own feelings. Sometimes, yeah. you know, I, I do better than others. 
but I do try to put myself on the other side, like going through this thing with this person that feels like a weight off for you, but you know that it devastates the other person Mm -hmm. and like you care about that person. So you love them and you don't want to see them in pain and you don't want to be the cause of this pain that they're experiencing. And you also want to be able to flap those wings that feel free. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but you, you, you know, that doing that, watching this other person, Mm -hmm. you know, being, you know, like, like being burdened and weighed down by the very thing that you be, you feel lifted up by, you know? Yeah. Right. And like, how do you like show up empathetically to them while also being like, I really want to celebrate this, you know, like, how do you do that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, um, I don't know. That's, that's such a, just over, overly, like super aware of all the pieces of the puzzle and how they're. How they're all happening at the same time um and i thought about you know how you said like you kind of push his head to like him to say like i want to break up or i want this to be over it's what i am guessing or maybe you can correct me it's like because you're such a clear communicator like you you want that as well like say the thing clearly definitively i don't want to have to guess or figure it out or put the pieces of the puzzle together or like energetically feel you standing on the porch like say the thing say it with your chest so it's like so yes yes say it and like yes ouch at the same time i'm i'm asking for the thing and the thing is actually crushing me right now Um, right but for me i value truth above my own comfort i'm one of those people that i value mm -hmm. truth above my own comfort i'd rather someone show up in the truth of who they are for me even if it's gonna hurt me Mm -hmm. like i can deal with my feelings yeah I can deal with my feelings. I would much rather you be with me in honesty and authenticity and integrity mm-hmm. than for me to feel good mm-hmm. about your presence, yeah. but you're not genuinely here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so for me, if, if the choice is spare my feelings or tell the truth, mm-hmm. always choose the truth. Yeah, yeah. Because my feelings I can manage and I can deal with. Mm-hmm. But I'd much rather have the truth. I, I value the honesty. I value honesty. And so that was that was what the hard part for me was. Is I was like, you know, you know, yes, this is going to hurt, but I can deal with that. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Um, I'd much rather you just be honest. So I, I thank you for that. Um, so when it comes to, so you're in a marriage and he is, I'm guessing your defunct primary partner because it mm-hmm. is a polyamorous dynamic um, or non non non-monog- monogamous dynamic. Um, is it? I don't know what the question is, but it has to do with like there are other partners meeting other needs, and do does this? Why is there a choice to break up if there's like other? Mm, that's a great question. Other like, people around, right? Yeah. That's a great question. Um, because you would think, okay, well, if I'm not getting certain things that I need from this person, mm-hmm. I have the freedom to go get those needs met in other relationships. Yeah. So, um, number one, so I feel like we have relationship needs that are negotiable, you know, a relationship wants, you have the difference between your wants and your needs, you yes. know? Okay. So like, for instance, I would love to have a partner that loved to dance. Hmm. Okay. I've never had a partner that loved to dance as much as I do, mm-hmm. but that's a want. That's not a need, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so if I have partners that dance, whatever, you know, it's good, you know, it's, it's nice. It's great. You know, it, it won't make me love, you know, my dancing partner more than my other dancing partner, but you know, it's nice, but mm-hmm. it's not something that I need. 
Yeah. And then you have relationship needs that are kind of non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. And even though you may have a variety of different relationships that are meeting a variety of your desires, mm-hmm. but they all need to have these same basic fundamental needs across the board. Okay. So just because you can get certain things from other people does not make the absence of certain things in a particular relationship permissible. Clear. Things like self-awareness, mm-hmm. things like emotional intelligence, yeah. things like um, how the person processes their emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, um, just because I can go get those things with other people doesn't mean that it, it's going to be okay that I don't have these things with you. We have certain things that no matter what the shape of the relationship mm-hmm. is or what the relationship is giving you, these still things still have to be in place in order for that relationship to be successful mm-hmm. or for one that you want to be in. Right. So that was at play. I also think that for the kind of relationship that we had with one another, mm-hmm. we didn't have the things in that relationship in order for us to be in that kind of relationship with one another. So I feel like if we were to throw all those things out, if there was a possibility that we could throw all those things out and go, okay, what would we have with one another if none of the shit was there? Um, I don't think, I definitely don't think it would be a nested partnership where we're living together, you know, because mm-hmm. he actually doesn't want to live with any romantic partner. Like mm-hmm. he came to this realization that he has no desire to be nested with anyone, okay. you know? So, um, so we wouldn't live together. Mm-hmm. We would likely, I'm not even sure, honestly, at this point sometimes, and I mean, granted, I think it's just the newness of the marriage ending. And so maybe there'll be a, a point in the future where I won't say this, mm-hmm. but I don't even think he and I would be friends. Mm-hmm. Really, like if I really think about like what I value about friendship and what he does, I don't even think that he and I would really be friends. Mm-hmm. But we do care about one another. And so, like I said, that may be coming from the space of just, you know, us, you know, kind of still being in the throes of the breakup. And so everything's still raw. Mm-hmm. I definitely believe that if we had any kind of romantic relationship with each other, it would likely be something to where like every couple of months yeah. we got together, we went out, we hung out. We smashed, mm. and then he went back to his life, and I went back to my life, yeah. and that was kind of the end of it. Mm. You know, he wouldn't be a person that I spent a great deal of time with yeah. in the way he was by way of being my spouse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he kind of he he got grandfathered in. You guys changed your dynamic, and didn't change the physical dynamic or like renegotiate. Like, so what is? Because you were both learning as well. And we had kids, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, like, so what I used to tell people is the reality of our relationship was that we got married under the pretense of being or walking, being on a trajectory that we hadn't been on in years. Mm -hmm. So like we got married in this very traditional way, you know, like I said, the two shall become one flesh. Mm -hmm. We had these kids. I'm going to stay home. Yeah. You're going to be the primary breadwinner. You're the head of the household. I'm supposed to submit. Mm-hmm. That was the trajectory we were on. We hadn't been on that trajectory in years. And so everything that we had structured and everything that we had set up mm-hmm. supported that trajectory that we were not on. Yeah. Yeah. We hadn't been on for a really long time. Right. So it made sense that it started to crumble mm-hmm. because it was like, we're not doing this anymore. Yeah. There's no, the, the foundation has changed. Right. Yeah, we're not doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not doing this anymore. And so I think that, you know, if we were to come to one another, you know, at this time in our life without having all that other stuff, you know, it's likely that we'd have a very, very, very different relationship than the one that, you know, we were in. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so even though we had other people to meet other needs, like I said, the, the, the core things mm-hmm. that, uh, the other person needed to feel, um, fulfilled in a romantic relationship with the person, mm-hmm. um, neither one of the other person had, and we spent so much time with each other, you right. know? So it was one thing if it was like, okay, like that, we, we, we recognize that, but we had this kind of relationship, like I said, where we got together every couple of months. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fine. But like literally all well, pretty much the bulk of our romantic relationship time mm-hmm. was spent with the other person right. spent with each other right meanwhile getting the least you know of our core needs met in this relationship that we're spending the bulk of our time in you know mm-hmm. um and so that just you know it just like i said it wasn't viable um uh any longer like i was even talking to a friend of mine about this today like how um so we showed up sexually very different, you know. So he had a much lower sex drive than I did. I have a super high sex drive, and um, and so that was always a bone of contention for our relationship. Mm-hmm. And he's also physical touch is a very important love language for him, mm-hmm. and it's not for me. It's like one of my like lower ones, like probably like my bottom, his top, like you know, yeah, or pretty close to. And so I was telling a friend of mine that like one of the things that I, I feel like happened with us is like he needed non-sexual physical affection in order to feel sexual mm-hmm. and i needed a lot of sex in order to feel non-physical like so we were like approaching mm-hmm. it from like these completely different like vantage points he's yes. like i need you to touch me more in order to feel sexual yeah and i'm like i need more sex in order to feel more touchy yeah you know yes uh-huh. and so like we were like you know we were approaching it from these different vantage points and these different angles and um words of affirmation are my number one they're his like least mm. <laughs> you know so it was just a lot of of um a lot of you know just disparity on on these things that like are most important to us yeah. about you know what we look for and what we seek and what fills us um mm-hmm. about being in in, in relationship to yeah. another human being i have a question that you can answer this if you, if you want to or not can you talk about because I'm guessing that your children know that you're non-monogamous. Yes. Can you talk about telling them and like what age they were and like how did that go? So our children were, I think the boys were eight because this was in 2014. Yeah, so the boys were eight. My daughter was five or turning five. And um, at the time, we were dating our first partner that we had. Like I said, we were in a triad with, which yes. for those people that don't know, a triad is like a triangle relationship where all the parties involved are in a romantic relationship with each other. Mm-hmm. So we had a partner um, that we dated off and on for about two years. And uh, we initially weren't going to tell the kids mm-hmm. um, just because we were like, you know, why do they need to know? Mm-hmm. But she was at the house a lot. Um, and... I'm very big on not insulting children's intelligence. I feel like as adults, we insult children's intelligence a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And we just do not give them credit for how how perceptive they actually really are. Yeah. And I could, you know, I began to see how she behaved with me, how she behaved with, um, you know, my husband. And I was like, these kids are going to think this is weird. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, there's just something different about this. And so I was like, we need to say something to them. We need to tell them. Mm Mm-hmm. So we sat them down. Um, I had to come out to them because at that point they didn't even know that I was um, queer in Mm -hmm. any way. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after that, we told them, you know, that we were in a romantic relationship, you know, with uh, this person and, you know, that they were to, you know, treat her as, you know, somebody that's special mom and dad and whatever. And they were just like, okay. 
and then that was the end of it, you know? Okay. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, we have now been non-monogamous for longer, you know, in mm, their lives mm-hmm. than, you know, then we've been monogamous. So I, I would be surprised if they even remembered yeah. when we were monogamous. Cause like I said, my daughter was like four yeah. and she's about to be 12 now. Um, and my sons are 15 and they were eight. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I, you know, more of their life now has been spent with mom and dad being non-monogamous than, uh, being monogamous. Hmm. And, and then, so when, when y'all, when the relationship ended, was that also a conversation like, Hey, you won't see her anymore? Or like, how um, yeah, it was. Cause she actually lived with us. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. She lived with us for a period of time. Um, and that relationship was incredibly volatile. Um, it was, and, uh, none of, we all were new to non-monogamy, um, and emotional non-monogamy, you know, so we had mm. swung, but we all were new to emotional non-monogamy. None of us knew what we were doing. Mm-hmm. A lot of the problems that we had stemmed from, uh, the, the issues that were present in my relationship with my, uh, partner, which I always tell people, people seem to think that, you know, um, and in some very rare cases, this does occur, you know, mm-hmm. where non-monogamy, uh, heals a relationship or non-monogamy improves it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what it does do is across the board, whether it destroys your relationship, well, actually, I don't even give it, actually, people give non-monogamy way too much credit. So actually, so I'm not going to say that. It doesn't destroy a relationship. You know what I mean? But what it does do is it illuminates. Yeah. Yeah. It illuminates. <laughs> illuminates. Okay. <laughs> brings it, brings it bubbling to the surface. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. A lot of things that, uh, you know, may need addressing mm-hmm. wounds that need to be healed. Mm-hmm. Problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In your current relationships, the relationships that you have, it, it just brings that stuff to light. It just, yes. it does, you know, yes. it, it brings it forward mm-hmm. for you to look at it and deal with it, um, which we were not prepared for, uh, <laughs> because, um, we didn't know, you know, right. cause none of us had done it, you yeah. know, before. So yeah. we kind of went in, you know, pretty green, mm-hmm. you know, some people, they make the choice to become non-monogamous and they get a chance to do all this research and they mm-hmm. read books and they join communities and all this thing we didn't get that it, I, the way I, I likened it or i described it is it was like uh being dropped into an nba all-star game when you never even like had one of those little tykes like plastic you know, like, <laughs> basketball hoops when you were like a kid you know <laughs> you never even played a game of pickup at the local park you know and now you're like in an NBA all-star game. Like, yeah. you know, you got LeBron James, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you know, duking you up, you know? Yeah. That's kind of the way it was. Mm, we just got dropped in, you know, yeah. to this like really, really, really intense and, and very advanced mm-hmm. version mm-hmm. of non-monogamy because triads are an extremely advanced. <laughs> I always tell people that people think triads, you know, you get these couples and they're like, oh, you know, we're going to find someone for both of us and we're going to date together. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, like, that's, that's the safest. And I'm like, you know, people think that triads are polyamory 101 mm-hmm. when they're like polyamory 301 like mm-hmm. they're not even 201 they're yeah. like 301 like you got to get <laughs> some good polyamory under your belt yes yes and then and i mean some people they enter into non-monogamy with triad and it works well for them absolutely it mm-hmm. does occur um but more often than not mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is actually not what's happening because it is a very advanced form of non-monogamy and so for it to be like the first thing that you start with when you literally have like no experience yeah. with it and no prep time um, we was just jacking everybody up. Yeah. Everybody was getting jacked up. Everybody <laughs> jacking everybody up. Um, yes, I do. I would like to attest to that. Um, it brings things to the surface. Very much how being single is one thing and being in a relationship with one other person brings things to the surface about you 
as does when you have a couple and you bring someone else it's bringing things to the surface about the relationship and about y'all when i was um uh trying out non-monogamy with my ex-husband um we had a friend who's been doing it successfully i think for years like 15 probably like probably 20 years by now but um or close to 20 and she told me like you open when you're coming from a space of abundance like don't add someone to fill in the gap don't do it from lack do it because you have more love to give and like that's that's her best advice that i kept that in in mind the entire time i was like i don't think we're doing this from abundance i feel like we're trying to like fix something we might not be doing this right and and that's what and it did bring everything to the surface immediately yeah Immediately. Yeah, I realized that there were just a lot of, of old wounds that, that I didn't, um, I remember one time specifically, we had gone to a club, the three of us, and uh, and we would get a lot of attention, you know, when we were out, because, you know, people would, you know, kind of go, okay, well, who's with who? Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> and um, and I kind of like it, you know, because I'm an attention whore, you know, so I kind of like, I like, you know, I like, I like being unique. I like people being like, what is going on over there, mm-hmm. you know, so... Uh, but for my husband and my partner, um, it was a little unsettling for them. They were a little mm-hmm. less that way. They cared a little bit more about other people's opinions than I did. Mm-hmm. So um, we went to the club and, you know, we were interacting. And I think, you know, people were kind of, you know, having their, you know, what's going on over there? And um, I guess my husband, like, reached out to engage in some kind of affection with her. And she, uh, like kind of shot him down was just kind of like no nah, don't do that or something like that mm. and um I guess it hurt his feelings mm-hmm. so later on that night or the next day or something he came to me and he apologized to me because he said uh you know now I understand how you felt with me turning you down sexually all these years oh he was like i i I didn't really get it Mm -hmm. you know how how hurtful that was for you Mm -hmm. until i experienced it myself Mm -hmm. Mm. and i couldn't even receive the sorry Mm -hmm. because i was so hurt that someone else Mm Mm-hmm. Got him to realize this thing that I'd been trying to communicate to him and had been communicating to him for years. Yeah, you know, and now it was because someone else turned some other some other bitch turned you down. You know, <laughs> that now right. all of a sudden you get it. You right. know what I mean? Right. Like I just I couldn't even I couldn't even accept the apology. I was so so angry and mm-hmm. so hurt mm-hmm. that I just broke down crying. Like I was just like you know, and yeah. I was like, and you experienced it one time. You know, yeah. I was like, tried nine years. Yeah. You know, of going through this. Um, and so it just brought a lot of stuff to the surface that like, I was like, we are not healed from this. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. we are not, you know, we don't, we're not healed. We're not healed from this. Um, and I don't think that either of us were prepared for that. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't, I could go down like the rabbit hole of tell me more about polyamory and all the things, but, uh, I, I do want to be cognizant of your time Mm -hmm. and, um, my time, the listener's time, everybody's time, right? (laughs) Um, this has been wonderful. I thank you so, so much for for your wisdom, for your clarity, for your transparency, for your candor, um, all the things. So thank you, thank you, and thank you again. I, I'll ask you to, to answer the final question. 
and it's a it's an ad lib it's a complete the sentence <laughs> so if you could finish the sentence thanks divorce for yada 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 uh, that would be great <laughs> thank you divorce for showing me that I deserve a higher standard of love mm. that I'm worthy of a higher standard, a higher caliber mm-hmm. of love. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's it. That's the one that's that encapsulates so much, <laughs> so, yeah. so much. And I wish you well on more of the, the journey and the unfoldment of it all. Cause it's, it's, we're still in process and we're still learning, still growing, still figuring things out as we go. Uh, I'm saying we, cause I'm also going through a divorce too. Um, and I mean, we're definitely going to be in touch. <laughs> you know, I know you, you know me. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, uh, so to anyone listening, everyone listening, if, if anything that she said resonated or if you want to get in contact with her or follow her words that I, blow your mind. I mean, I learned so much just past, like this stuff shouldn't even be free. The way, the, the types of things that come from La Vida, like they come from La Vida Loca. Is it La Vida Loca? Yes. La Vida Loca. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's, it's helpful. It's insightful. It is, um, I don't know. It, it changes the game, honestly. I, I really don't think it should be free. One day when you're coaching or like giving courses or whatever it is that you do, like it's, everyone needs to sign up as soon as possible. <laughs> um, so to find her, she is on Instagram at La Vida Loca. 35. 35. Boom. I was like, no, no there's a number. La Vida Loca 34. Sorry. <laughs> yes. L-A-V-I-T-A-L-O-C-A 34. La Vida Loca 34. Got it. There it is. Boom. Find her. Follow her. Get into it. Um, you will not be disappointed. Um, and that is it for this episode. Thank you again. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, which is my favorite thing. Pleasure. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> black pleasure matters. Come on. Black pleasure matters. Um, so yes, thank you again. Thank you for listening. Uh, this has been another episode of Thanks Divorce, and I will see you again next time. Thank you for having me. I, I love this conversation. It was great. Yes. All right. I'm gonna stop there. Ooh me again. So if you found the gems that I talked about in the beginning and you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, review on Apple, do all the things. I appreciate you. And you can always follow us on Instagram at thanks divorce podcast. Till next time, take care of yourself.